welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by my Bliss Project annual event. It is a three-day retreat dedicated to busting through your blocks and elevating you to the next level in the most accelerated way possible. So you guys, if you are tired of feeling stuck, if you're tired of not knowing your next step, of not having a tribe, of feeling afraid to do what it takes, this is the spot that you need to be to face all of those things, to work through them, to have the tools, to have the tribe, and to really get the experience that you need to try on what it feels like to be the person who is going to go to the next level. And there is nothing that you need that is not already inside of you. And we're going to give you all of the tools so that you can tap into the most authentic, most powerful version of you. So if you guys are ready to join us, it is is in Newport Beach, California, March 2nd through the 4th of 2018. And I would love to see you there. So go to theblissproject.info right now to get your tickets because they are selling out super fast. And I would love to meet you and see your face. So today's episode, I am thrilled to have on Mastin Kip. He is a best-selling author and a renowned public speaker. Mastin is the creator of Functional Life Coaching. It's an innovative, unique, and accelerated approach to creative, lasting, personal, and business change. So Mastin founded and ran a really popular website that I followed for years, The Daily Love, and it helped launch his career in the field of personal development. And now Messin has been recognized on the inaugural Super Soul 100 list. It's a collection of awakened leaders who are using their voices and talent to elevate humanity. Mastin is the author of the number one best-selling book, Daily Love, Growing Into Grace. Mastin is included on Mind, Body, Spirit magazine's list of the 100 most spiritually influential living people. And you guys will absolutely hear his genius in this podcast. Uh, What I love about Mastin is he not only is such a spiritual person, but he also loves the science behind it. So you're going to love hearing um, both of those things implemented into his life. So he now has a book out that I have in my hands right now called Claim Your Power. It's a 40-day journey to dissolve the hidden blocks that keep you stuck to finally thrive in your life's unique purpose. So this book is so powerful. I'm reading it right now and I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. So let's get started. Mastin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. 
Lori, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So I'm really thrilled that you have this book out because number one, I'm a big fan. And number two, it's an epic book. I've been just (laughs) reading through parts of it and I'm just already like, okay, this is actually getting bumped up to my very, very next book. I might even skip this book I'm reading right now <laughs> to dive into this one. Oh, so it's really, that's really a, great. Thank I'm you. That's, that's amazing. So I got to say, so it's happy. just coming out. So hearing that, you know, it's, it's good because, you know, when you release stuff, you know, the, the response is completely out of your control. So hearing you say that just means a lot. So thanks a lot. That's awesome. I can only imagine. Like, I'm, I'm just feel like, you know, you don't actually know you're so in it that it's like, totally. okay, I've been writing this so long. How is this, everyone? Okay. So, so exciting. So I would love for you, for anyone who's been living under a rock, um, if you could tell a little bit about your story and just kind sure. of how you started doing what you're doing now. Sure. So, um, just for context, I think, you know, I think when you find your purpose, that's when everything shifts, everything changes. If you're feeling stuck, stagnated, things aren't quite working out, like you're chasing and not arriving, typically it's because your purpose is evading you. And that certainly was my case for sure. Um, I moved to Los Angeles to get into the music business and discover drugs and alcohol very quickly. Um, had a, a, a pretty meteoric rise in the music business on the back end of uh, like being a talent manager and then kind of crashed and burned um, and then kind of got to this place of like, how did this happen to me? I was a good kid from Kansas. And um, you know, how did I pick up drugs? Why was I doing cocaine? Why was I drinking alcohol? Why was I doing all this stuff? And then led me to sort of just you know consume personal development. And there was a personal growth book that was published in the last hundred years. I probably read it, mm-hmm. um, and I just took it in. And then I started sharing things online and um, starting to realize that like I was piecing things together that maybe people hadn't thought about or considered, and certainly not people that were younger. Because a lot of people who go to personal growth when I first got started were like 50 plus. This wasn't – there was no podcasting. You know, This was not something that was available back then. Um, and so I just started sharing it and start realizing like, wow, like people need this. And then, wow, I want to do this full time, but how do I make money doing that? I have no idea. I couch surfed for two years and I didn't have a mentor. So um, you know, people always say, Mastin, if I take your advice, do I have to couch surf for two years? I'm like, no, no, no. Like I did that so you don't. But in that couch surfing time, it really kind of you know was a real time to be really present and focused on what I wanted to create. And slowly but surely, a business came out of it called The Daily Love, which was a blog uh, that you uh, you know we published your work, um, and it was awesome, and it curated a lot of great people. And um, and then I kind of realized like even though it became super successful, millions of views every month, you know, Super Soul Sunday, Oprah said The Daily Love, like it became this whole thing. Um, Inside me, I was like dying. I was like, this is not lighting me up anymore. And I found myself getting jealous of my peers for no reason. These were my friends. And I got, in, I got, I was, why? Why, Mastin? What, what's up? Like, why are you jealous of these people? And I started to realize, like, oh my God, you want to teach. Like, duh. Because the thing you're envious of or jealous of in others is typically something that's unexpressed in your own life. So then I started realizing, like, you know, this coaching thing that I've been doing on the side. You know, like these little retreats, 30 person, 40 person retreats, even though they were generating big revenue, no one really knew I did it except for a small group of people. I decided to like just do that. Um, and that was about a year and a half ago. I mean, you know, my audience shrunk by probably 90%, depending on what metric you look at. There's still the raving fans, but this has been a rebuilding process. And it's been very, um, you know, uh, eye opening 
to go through a, a rebirth like that and see who supports you, who doesn't support you, who wants you to stay the same, you know, who's excited that you're changing, people that you've never met that like who you're becoming now. So it's a whole sort of like I feel like I'm in a rebirth right now. But um, you know, I've been coaching people for over a decade, and so the Claim Your Power book is really just a distillation of all the data of a really practical step-by-step process to help you figure out what's your purpose. And then how do you bring it to life? And then how do you get out of your own way? Because everybody has um, unconscious or hidden blocks that hold them back from the next level, regardless of how successful you are. So that would probably be the most brief mm-hmm. <laughs> way I can describe that journey um, so far. But if you haven't heard of me or, or anything that I do, that's kind of what I'm about. Wow. Okay. First of all, amazing job on <laughs> knowing all the points like that. Like it's crazy. I can tell you've been probably podcasting a lot and sharing your story a lot. Cause I'm like, wow, you really covered everything so quickly. Um, and you probably don't know this, but I went to go see you in San Francisco like four years ago. Oh, wow. Um, so I actually got to see you be a teacher. Was that three or four years ago? I can't remember. Yeah. It was in a yoga studio. Yeah. Yeah. I randomly I saw that you were coming. I caught a flight up there, went, um, and you're an amazing teacher. So I got to experience you in like a really intimate setting and it was really, really beautiful. And you really get to the root um, of people and to see our stuff. Right. And it's the sacred space. So I'm so glad that you uh, are doing even more of that. It's just really Mm -hmm. exciting. So thank you, Lori. That means a lot. Yeah. That yoga studio was, was it, was that like yoga tree? It was yoga tree studios. I don't even, I was like, I I don't even know. I just took the, (laughs) I just took the cab and I was like, I'm I'm back. So, so yeah, that was really cool. Um, so, okay. So dissolving your hidden blood that keep you stuck and I feel like I honestly I hear this from everybody like that word stuck it's the word right it's like but I'm so stuck so what is it what do you think it is that we're focusing on when we feel this way sure I'm gonna take a leap and say I don't think I know what it is I know what it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because of the data like this is a data-driven book even though I'm I have a very deep spiritual side with that I believe a lot of things that haven't been proven scientifically yet. Mm-hmm. I really honor the science and the data. And the data that I'm referring to is either with our own clients, which is thousands, um, or the latest neuroscience, latest psychology, the latest biochemistry, all that stuff that's coming out. I keep up on all that. And so really simply put, um, the purpose of Claim Your Power is to help you make your nervous system your ally instead of your enemy. So anyone who's stuck has a nervous system or the fight or flight response um, that's keeping them stuck. And the reason why is very, uh, very simple to define. Um, unresolved emotional trauma. That's it. So, and it doesn't have to be significant. It can be uh, your dad left, you know, your, was five minutes late picking you up from school when you were a kid and you decided that, you know, men aren't there for you or something like that. Like there are these decisions or these meanings or these interpretations that we make of events early in life that don't get inspected, don't get uh, discovered and then hang with us and create this drag. And what happens is um, when we go through pain or trauma, and, and these days it's like anytime you get on social media, the news is traumatizing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like there's this unresolved emotional blocks that hold you back and there's a root cause for that. So what I mean by that is, you know, when you see it like a normal doctor today, um, you go in for seven minutes, they look at your symptoms, they grant you a drug and you're on your way. The problem is, a lot of doctors aren't trying to figure out, well, why do you have high cholesterol, for example? So functional medicine says, okay, you have high cholesterol. Maybe we'll put you on a statin, which will lower your uh, cholesterol artificially, but we're more interested in why your cholesterol is high. Mm-hmm. And they start looking around. They, they, know, they have tests and markers, and they, they know that like, you know, lifestyle and food and different things, hormones, impact you know, um, things like cholesterol. So 
what I realized, what I've been doing over the last 10 years is doing the exact same thing of discovering like what's the root cause mentally or emotionally that's keeping people stuck. And that's why I've actually created the form of life coaching called functional life coaching that accompanies the Claim Your Power book. That's what This is the functional life coaching process. And what we do is we help you discover what's the, the root mental or emotional block that's typically a, a unconscious or layman terms hidden trauma or hidden wound or hidden blind spot that you have that's holding you back. And very practically, it looks like procrastination. It looks like playing small. It looks like um, leaving, living your life by the approval of others, pretending that you're confused about your dreams being 99% ready where you have everything together but you don't actually put, publish on something or you don't actually follow through and send the I quit my job letter, resignation letter. You don't uh, actually ever get married. There's this whole idea of self-sabotage. It's really just self-protection because people are trying to keep themselves safe. That's the purpose of the nervous system. It looks like digital distraction. It looks like overcomplicating things that are very simple. Um, so it manifests in these sort of like, you know, the, the technical term is neurotic behavior. Neurotic just means stuff that makes no dang sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you investigate the root cause, what you'll see is your behavior of feeling stuck, whatever that might be in a relationship or business, financially, spiritually, emotionally, weight, whatever, whatever area you're working on, um, you're stuck. And the reason why you're stuck is it's an appropriate response to the underlying trauma that is unresolved. So the reason why you're stuck is because your nervous system says any further and you'll die. Because in the past, something similar happened and it didn't work out. And so what I help people do is very quickly, you know, identify that, dissolve it, work with it, and they go fast. And the cool thing is, is I know, you know, we both know Lewis, Lewis Howes. Mm -hmm. And what I love so much about Lewis and like the school of greatness is that like, you know, Lewis is someone who learns out loud. You learn out loud. I learn out loud. And what's so cool about that is like all of us, like there's no perfect, perfect place to be or go. Like it's not like you shouldn't be stuck. Sometimes people are stuck for a purpose and a reason. And why that's so important is because greatness, for example, is not something that you become, right? You know, Lewis preaches this. It's who you already are, mm -hmm. right? The, what I help people do is remove the stuff that's in the way so that it, that can naturally shine forward. So a lot of people start personal development with this deficit of like, I have to become great in this like ego sense versus realizing who made you, what made you, made you great. And all we got to do is remove the impediments and that will come forward automatically. You know, you look at a kid who's just brand new baby child who's born, you know, that, that baby does not come out racist. Mm -hmm. It was not stressing about how it was being made in the womb and hoping the ear doesn't end up on the kneecap. It just mm -hmm. comes out and it's happy and it's joyful and it's alive. It's our natural state. Mm -hmm. And so what I help people do is primarily just return to that natural state. It's a restoration process more than anything else. Mm, I love that. And there's so many points in this book you're talking about. You're, you're not broken. It's just really looking at removing those blocks. So would you share with us some of your, maybe the, the toughest block that you had to leave behind from the past and one that you're working oh. on presently? Yeah. So, um, for sure. So, um, the thing about, so I, when, I, when you look at like procrastination or you look at like these behaviors that are make no sense that hold you back, mm -hmm. when you start figuring out like, what's the root cause of that? A lot of people think, Oh, I dealt with that in therapy 10 years ago without realizing like, no, like that's your work now, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this, it has to become a part of your training and your lifestyle. So what happens is, and I know you know what this is like too, like every mm -hmm. time you go to the next level financially in a relationship, you know, whatever the next level is, new level, new devil. So what happens is it's actually the same thing that will manifest itself in different ways. And so for me, very practically, um, when I was four years old, 
my mom had a, a significant open uh, her back, a huge surgery around her back, and she was like it was very intense, and she died on the operating table. She mm. came back. Um, the doctors didn't even give her any medication to help her heal. There's no like uh, uh, pain medicine to help her heal. So she was literally in torture for like a week and a half after the operation. Mm. They flew her back to where I was. And this is before 9-11, and I ran out on the tarmac, and she was being wheeled in like on a gurney by some EMTs, and I ran and I jumped on her, and I gave her a huge hug because I was so happy to see her. Now, in that moment, I was just being a happy kid, but everyone around her freaked out, mm. like, oh my God, is she okay? And my mom kind of like, she, she you could tell she was in pain, but she was so grateful to see me. In that moment, I decided, when I express my love, I hurt people. Mm. When I express myself, I hurt people. So that shows up as, you know, publishing the daily love and not claiming myself as a coach. And even right now, like putting this book out, there's a part of me that's like, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to be received. You, know, you can't express yourself and have it be something that is actually validated. And so I, but the difference is, Lori, like I know that ahead of time. So it's not like I'm messing up my book launch through this unconscious, like self-sabotage. I see it and I'm like, there it is again. I know you, kid, you're going to be all right. All right, you're going to put it out there. You're focused on mission. Don't worry about the accolades. Focus on serving people. The right people are going to show up. And like I kind of just like have that rapport with myself so it doesn't have to like bring me to my knees anymore mm. because it will bring you to your knees if you don't know it and if you don't deal with it. Otherwise, it's just kind of a relationship that you have with that, that part of yourself. Mm. And it's part of who you are. You wouldn't want to ever you know, uh, cut it off. Mm, I love that. And I love that you, you share that because it's something that's always, when you say that's your work, it literally, I have so much work every single day that I do on myself. <laughs> Amen, girl. Like right when I, every single time I go to speak, that voice comes back. That's like, you're not Amen. smart enough. What do you have to offer? And I'm like, okay, I see you. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> but right. You always, you always have to remember it. And I think, so do you find that people just think like, oh, we do this work and you reach this level and it's going to be all good. But <laughs> what, so what does it really look like for you and, and what do you tell people? Sure. So I'll make it a fitness analogy because I know that, you know, you love fitness, obviously. <laughs> yes. So like think of it this way, right? Like let's just say that like your fitness advice was, all right, guys, so we're going to do a nine-week boot camp. Mm. We're going to train and then you're fit for life. Yes. <laughs> like exactly. that's just not how it works. Like yeah. training is a lifestyle, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is a different type of training. What I teach is primarily emotional fitness because most of us have zero emotional awareness mm -hmm. and if we have no emotional awareness we're not gonna have any emotional intelligence and if we don't have emotional awareness and intelligence there's no way we can train it and create emotional fitness mm -hmm. so this is a lifestyle choice so working with this stuff is no different than going to the gym and you know like ct fletcher says it's still your set now he cusses <laughs> but it's still your set right so mm -hmm. it's like it's always your set so the idea is to live in preparedness. So I live a lifestyle training. My lifestyle is a training lifestyle. I love you know training in the gym, but I also train emotionally. And there's lots of different ways that I do that. But you can't do it alone. You definitely need a mentor and a coach and some type of structure of support. But it's really this idea that like you know oh I had my breakthrough. I'm good. It's like actually no. The breakthrough, the aha moment is the when the work begins. It's like oh I have a breakthrough. I should lose weight. You didn't just magically lose the weight. That's the moment where you get your butt to the gym. <laughs> mm, totally, totally. Right? So people think that an aha moment is enough, but aha moment addiction is a real thing. An aha moment addiction is like I go from book to book to book to book to book and I never implement anything and I think I'm having breakthroughs, but actually it's really no, it's a higher level coping mechanism mm. than just doing a line after line after line of cocaine.
Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. It's just more healthy, but it's still you haven't resolved that unresolved uh, trauma. And so, you know, we have low level coping and high level coping. Low level coping is like violence. You know, you got, um, you know, uh, gosh, drugs, alcohol, addiction, promiscuity, like all that type of stuff. Like that would be like low level coping that like, you know, people die from. But then there's like high level coping, right? High level coping is like you still haven't resolved the issue, but now you do yoga every day and you drink your green juice and you have your quinoa. And, you know, you do your dark chocolate and you do your crystals and your aromatherapy and all that stuff is great. But if you don't rely, if you don't clear the underlying stuff, it's just coping. Now, to be clear, I do all that stuff. I do the aromatherapy. I do the the crystals. I do the training. I do the yoga. I do all that stuff. But I view it almost like supplements, right? So like in the fitness space, it's like if you take L-glutamine or an omega fatty acid, that's just a supplement for the right diet and exercise. So kundalini yoga or aromatherapy or crystals or green juice is supplementation to help you live your purpose and to help you move forward. But it's not going to resolve the underlying trauma, emotional mm-hmm. trauma. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. So much sense. Yes. <laughs> so clear. Okay. So purpose deficit disorder. I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear all about it. Where, where did this phrase come from? Um, the, the woman named Susan Garrett actually gave me the name and it, I'm in a mastermind, uh, too. And, awesome. um, J- Jeff Walker's mastermind yes. and we were talking about it and she was just like, you know, um, yeah, it's like purpose deficit disorder. just kind of like came out of her mouth and I was like, Whoa, what did you just say? <laughs> that was brilliant. You know, um, and that's part of the brilliance of masterminding, mm-hmm. which by the way, I know your next book is all about. I mean, having a bunch of people around you that are smarter than you is super important, you Amen. know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean like, cause like, let's be real. Like, even if you're crushing it, like you're kind of dumb, like we're all dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, because we have blind spots, like there's some stuff I do, Lori, that like, it's so obviously wrong, but I don't see it. So that's the value of having that peer group. So I'm so happy that you're, mm. you know, talking about that stuff because it's so important. Mm-hmm. So in that mastermind, that came up and I go, that I go, actually, if I had to like diagnose the world right now, it's purpose deficit disorder. The, the racism, the xenophobia, the misogyny, you know, Donald Trump, love him or hate him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all a lack of purpose because like we're off course with our purpose as a country, I think as a world. And individually, what's happening is we're kind of like us versus theming. And what happens then is it's like if I'm blaming you for what's wrong, my focus is on you. My focus is on what's wrong. My focus is not on my purpose. It's not on moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm not actually conscious enough to recognize the person who hates me is just a wounded person with unhealed emotional trauma who's kind of like doing the same thing to me that I'm doing to them. So we're actually just like the same, even though we look different Mm. because the feminist who hates the neo-Nazi on a consciousness level, if they're both blaming each other, have a part of them that's similar. Now they stand for very different things, but the underlying trauma is there versus understanding that both of them are looking for significance. Both of them have trauma. And while I would never stand for the values of neo-Nazism or white supremacy or any of that type of stuff, and it should be erased from the earth, we got to take the conversation deeper than skin or gender or race or religion or political party and start to recognize, guys, everyone's hurting. Let's stop coping. Let's stop blaming each other. And let's start to do our individual work to mm-hmm. bring things forward. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So much about even even in the beginning of this conversation that you were talking about is just so much of what your main thoughts are focused on. And I know you talk a lot about thoughts, but you also talk about the emotional level. So tell us a little bit about, you know, sure. because there's so much around, yes, we're going to focus on something else, but also there's <laughs> that whole other level that we have to add to it. 
Sure. That's an awesome question, by the way. Um, so so the claim your power process and functional coaching, I, I don't want to be I want to be crystal clear. I'm not against any of the things that anyone has, has heard before. Mm-hmm. I want you to view this as a as a refinement on supplement to the information that's come before us. So most of the information that's come before us in personal growth, if you look at the last hundred years of self-help, personal development, psychology, psychiatry, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. What you have is people creating mental models of how human beings think. That's what's been. So you look at Freud, Carl Jung, Fritz Perls, Virginia Satir, Milton Erickson, like all the greats who brought these therapeutic models forward. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh yes, this is a neurosis. Oh yes, this is the collective unconscious. This is a, you know, thoughts or things. Like we start to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last 20, 30, 40 years, because science has just evolved tremendously, we're not only starting to understand psychology, we're starting to understand somatic intelligence, which is fancy terms for feelings in the body and what you're experiencing emotionally. And what I found in the research was that the emotional state of the body is what produces the thoughts in the first place. So if you have the emotion of stress or anxiety in the body, that's going to produce thousands or literally possibly millions of stressful thoughts. So if you try to change yourself on the level of thinking alone without dealing with the underlying emotional issue, it's never going to work. This is why even if I believe in affirmations, I use them every day, but if you don't do your work, an affirmation, you know, so many people I've met say an affirmation and they go like, I love myself. And then right before they can even get the whole thing out, a huge part of them says, that's complete BS. You don't love yourself. So it's like, there's this like, there's this thing where it's like, we're not being real with ourselves. And so the, this somatic intelligence, this emotional intelligence, what we're starting to learn is the trauma, the hurt, the pain, the joy, all of it is in the body. And it's actually what produces the thoughts. And on a very practical level, I'll give you an example, Lori. If you were hungover, I know that that's not our lifestyle, right? But just pretend, you know, mm-hmm. um, the former version of you or former version of me when I was like 20 years old and just kind of a, an idiot, right? <laughs> so like <laughs> if I was there. like, you know, going hard and I got up at, you know, I went to bed at three o'clock in the morning. I drank the most I've ever drank. And like you came in or someone came in and said, let's go train at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, screw you, yeah. right? And it's because of my emotional state, right? The, the, the hormonal state, the dehydration, like all of that, the state is, is, is not good. If I, do the, if I do my work, which is sort of like you know, eating the right food, you know, getting the right amount of rest, and you come in at 4 o'clock in the morning, I might say, girl, it's lunchtime. Where you been? Because <laughs> I have a different emotional state, mm-hmm. right? So that's a practical understanding that when you change the emotional state, you don't have to worry about changing your thinking. When you feel good, you, don't, you think good thoughts, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's, we kind of are just going deeper in the research. And so claim your power is something that is just kind of you know, saying, hey, hey, guys, here's the latest research. What you learned is right. It's just not complete. Mm. You know, it's 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 just it shows up in my life so much because what happened for me first is, you know, I found fitness first before I found self-development. And what was happening is every time I would go move my body, my thoughts would then get better after I would move my body. I would notice I was really depressed before that or I didn't feel good or I'd be focusing on something really negative. And it was really hard for me to change it no matter what I did unless I left the space that I was in and went and moved a bit and really started to focus on something outside of myself and what I was in. So, um, you know, it makes complete sense to me. And there's so much that I uh, like attach to that in my life now that I, I love that because it truly is about, you know, what are you feeling in your body? And I can sit all morning long and try to meditate, but it's sometimes it's not until I get out and move <laughs> that I'm like, oh, there I am. Oh my gosh. That's right. That was scary. And like, 
with that with that fitness by the way like you can't just sit around and think about endorphins mm -hmm. or like affirm them or put endorphins on a vision board you got to get up and move your butt <laughs> just stare at endorphins written on my vision board totally, all morning you know? yes amazing okay so you talk about and i really loved this the head model uh, versus the heart model uh, could you share a little bit of the head model beliefs these are the things that you say tend to keep us stuck the things that you're focusing sure. on yeah, so the head model is kind of what I was talking about. Like that was that, that mental model that we've been sort of discovering over the last hundred years or so. And it's things like, you know, negative thoughts keep me stuck. Or, you know, if I say something negative, um, then, you know, I'm going to, Voldemort will show up and destroy my life. <laughs> or like, you know, that like fear is the opposite of love. That's a big one. There's all these sort of like, kind of like mantras of a certain time that we took on as truths. But the problem is like, for example, fear is the opposite of love. Well, what if you're – I've worked with Marines who have been on the front lines in Afghanistan. Like you can't tell them that fear is the opposite of love. It's a very real experience or mm -hmm. fear is false evidence appearing real. Like it's a very real experience for people. And by the way, not only is it a real experience but right before your biggest breakthroughs, you're going to be scared out of your mind. Mm -hmm. So this – I like you know, the Greeks had many words for love. We need different words for fear. Because like fear, it's too vague. It's too oversimplified. So there's two types of fear. One is what I call like, you know, necessary fear, which is like if, you know, the burn, if the building is burning down, get out of it, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's necessary. But then there's irrational fear, which is like, you know, uh, well, when I was, you know, 21, uh, my boyfriend John cheated on me and now I'm 35 and I think all men are still cheaters, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's irrational. You have this one data set to, to base it on and you then generalize it to everything else. And so what happens is there's this head model that starts to say like, oh, yeah, like, well, I can't move forward because if I move forward, you know, and talk about what's more negative, I'm going to get more negative. The problem is negative emotion is just like pain. It's a call for awareness. And so we have to start to learn that if there's a negative feeling, the idea is just like if you got a cut, you would stop, you would look at it, you would make sure it was the right type of – wasn't something you had to go to the emergency room for. You'd clean it out. You'd bandage it up. You'd let the body heal itself and you'd forget about it, that it ever happened, right? You wouldn't be like, oh my god, 10 years ago when I cut my hand. You wouldn't still be talking about it. But you know what we do is with these negative emotions is it's like getting a cut and then like instead of like dealing with it, you just kind of like inject like some type of painkiller like lidocaine. And you wonder why 10 years later you have gangrene in your whole arm, right? Because you didn't pay attention to it. So the same thing is true emotionally. So the head model is sort of all of these mental ideas or constructs that are oversimplified generalizations from personal growth that just don't work for a practical application. The heart model is more about embodiment, like going into it and saying, you know what? Yes, change your thoughts, change your life. But the way you do that is by changing your emotional state. So you actually have to change it on an emotional level. The head model says, you know, this, uh, this prescription medication will give you a chemical balance back and you'll be fine. The heart model says chemical solutions can't solve a spiritual problem. So, you know, for example, I take medication for my brain. I went to the aiming clinics. I got my brain diagnosed. But that medication for my brain isn't what's going to make me happy. What's going to make me happy is am I serving others? Am I doing, being courageous? Am I doing my own work? Do I love my girlfriend? Am I showing her? Like those are the things 
that are going to make me happy every single day. The medication, all that type of stuff is a supplement. It's not the thing that we're looking for. And so I think if I had to kind of put a broad strokes on it, the first phase was discovering sort of some of the mental models of understanding things. And I think what people are craving now, Lori, is the embodiment of these principles. And it's a, you got to kind of up your game and you got to really start to turn your nervous system into your ally. So it's just the next level. So people who come to me have like coped with high level coping mechanisms for a long time. And then they're ready to kind of like go there and like do the real work. Um, and I think that's what people are craving more and more and more these days is not so much information as they are implementation. Mm, I love that. So you talk about fear being a sign that you're living in your purpose. And I, I think that that is really, you know, for people, whether they're just starting out or people who've been doing this work for a long time and are living in their purpose, I think what can happen, because it happens to me, is once in a while, it's like, especially if you're upper limiting yourself, like you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, like you said, uh, new level, new devil, it's kind of like you're going to this next level and it, you can feel almost like you're under attack by whatever it is. Maybe it's your old stuff. Maybe it's just this new experience of fear, but understanding that, you know, sometimes before your biggest breakthroughs, like you said, that fear is going to typically be with you. Is there there a way that you, what do you do right now when fear comes to visit you? How do you look at it? How do you approach it? What do you do? So, um, awesome question. And so the first step is being aware that you have this. So like, I know like that anytime I'm going to expand, I'm going to be dealing with when I express myself, I hurt people and no one will be there. Like I know that ahead of time so that I can like get my practices set up ahead of time. So like during this book launch, for example, double down on my acupuncture, double down on my myofascial release, double down on my sleep, double down on my self-care, double make sure I trained. I've been traveling, training every single day, mm-hmm. got all my food taken care of. Like all of it is there. Like I landed in LA for the book launch, like got like my a massage right away, like upped the care of like making sure that my parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of you that keeps yourself calm is like mm-hmm. on and activated as much as possible. So that's like, that's all the practical stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mindset is, and we learned this from Viktor Frankl who um, wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He was as a Jewish um, psychologist uh, who was in Auschwitz, lost most of his family. Um, but he realized that in the worst of human conditions, the people who survived beyond you know, being killed um, were the ones who had meaning or an interpretation that they thought the future could be better. Those are the ones who thrived in the worst of conditions. So that's what Man's Search for Meaning is all about. And that's what Logos Therapy, which you know, he created, um, is all about. And the basic idea is between stimulus and response is a choice. And that is where your power is. So for me, the stimulus might be something triggers me and I feel fear. Before I respond, there's a choice. And the choice is what is my interpretation of this event? What am I going to make this mean? And that is where my power lies. So every single time I'm in a place where there's fear, I got to double down on my, on my self-care. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I have to say this is for your growth. This is what growth feels like. This is a good thing. You are supported. Like there's different things I say to myself to say, hey, this is what this means. Because, you know, like, for example, like psychiatrists, I think, are the worst at naming things. You shouldn't call it a panic attack. You should call it a purpose attack. People have panic people have panic attacks because they're not obeying their intuition. Mm. Right. So it's like we've we've pathologized or made all of these internal signs that are trying to wake us up wrong and trying to numb it with prescription medication versus saying, you know what, like, yeah, you should be having a panic attack. You've been in a soul-sucking job for 20 years. You've been putting your life on hold. You don't have sex with your husband. You're you're projecting your dreams onto your children and you're not being courageous. And by the way, you're giving over giving to everybody. Of course you should have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a panic attack, you might as well be dead. Mm 
mm-hmm. right? So it's like we got to look at it differently. And so the power really lies in the meaning, which is what does this mean? And that's probably one of the most important questions you could ever ask. And that's one of the only powers that no one can take from us. You know, you can take limbs away. You can put someone in jail. But you can't take away their choice to decide what something means. Tony Robbins asked Nelson Mandela, what were you doing in jail for all that time? And Nelson Mandela said, I was preparing. Mm. And it was his choice to decide that he was preparing and not a victim. And he changed the world, mm-hmm. right? So it's like – that, and we all have that individual power. But we you know, give it to the president or we give it to racists or we give it to xenophobic people and say, oh, they're, they're more powerful than we are versus like, you know what? No, like regardless of what's happening in the world, I have this choice. I'm going to choose to be a part of the solution. And so for me, every single time there's a terrorist attack or there's some type of racism in the country, I go, you know what? I'm double down. I'm going to, I'm going to do twice as much promotion. I'm going to show myself 10 times more because I'm going to be three times louder because the people who are super loud right now typically are the ones who are making the problem worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So that's what I do. And it's, uh, I try to be as very practical as possible with it. And it's, there's a little fake it till you make it in it, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, either way it's, 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 it takes just as much work to be stressed over something and not do it as it does to be stressed over something and to do it. <laughs> mm, I totally, I totally agree with that. I'm always, I am always the person who's, who's thinking that and preaching that as well. So I love that you just said that. And there was so much power, powerful stuff that you just shared. I don't even know what to touch on first, but honestly, I loved just being so self-aware of the things that you do around when you know your feelings of fear or panic or whatever it is, or, you know, maybe feeling uncomfortable or coming on because, um, and being so prepared that you have your plan in place because what we want to do is we want to go back to our comforts, right? I'm sure when you landed in LA, there was a million different places pulling at you that looked incredible or or landed you, you live here. Um, (laughs) so it's like, how do you make sure, do you pre-plan? Do you actually write Mm -hmm. this out? Do you book the appointments far in advance? (laughs) And do you use the idea of if you don't, do you ever use pain as like a motivator? Yeah. So yeah. So I do my best to plan. I also like we do Scrum. So Scrum is like this approach where like every day we say like what'd you do since yesterday? What got in the way? What would you do differently uh, for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I do that every day with my team and myself. So like in the middle of a launch, there's gonna be things that you didn't think of that you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly like consciously staying on top of it with myself and my team. Like that's just in our DNA and like how we run stuff. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to a launch, like anytime there's a launch, I know like two weeks before launch, my nervous system is going to start freaking out. So I just block it. Mm. I just know it's going to be there. And like when I, like when I travel, I tend to, you know, I, I like these apps that they come to you. So like I use the soothe app which is a massage app where like they come to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get the Turo app, which is like they deliver the car to the rental car to where I am. Um, Instacart brings the groceries. You know, I even have an app Priv, which is mostly for women, but you know, like they come into the house and they cut my hair. So it's mm-hmm. like I don't have to go out and do all this stuff and run around doing all this stuff. I try to set my life up so things come to me, so that I can be in one place and be super efficient with my time. Um, otherwise it's just a waste of time to travel all over the place and you stress yourself out trying to calm yourself down. It makes no sense, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, so much planning. A lot. You know, I have a meal planner. I have, um, you know, all my, my meal plans are, my meal plans change probably every week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pre-plan all that type of stuff. And then I have some of it delivered from Amazon prime. A lot of it comes from Instacart. When it comes in, I prepare everything. Cause you know, it's one thing to have the right food, but then have to prepare the right food. 
you know, mm-hmm. meal prep is huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it's all prepped ahead of time. And I, and I know this because I've been through so much of this. Mm-hmm. Like there used to be product launches where I'd gain 20, 30 pounds, <laughs> totally. you know, <laughs> screw that. You know, like I don't want to do that. Oh my God. You so. know, what's so funny is you actually helped me when I wrote my book because I remember you saying that you, <laughs> you would like eat things you did not want to be eating when you were writing so your book and you so mentally true. helped me prepare because I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like what snacks am I going to have when I'm sitting here for hours and hours? Cause <laughs> totally. I think you were talking about eating butter and I was like, oh my God, yep. I don't want to eat sticks of butter. Um, yeah, so true. Yeah. I know. So yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. far prepared because of your past story. <laughs> so thank awesome. you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's awesome. Lori. <laughs> Okay, so you talk about um, stuck being, you know, use the word dead. And I actually, I love that because for me, it has to be really visceral. And I use that a lot when I don't feel energy or when I feel bored. I'm like, no, I mean, really, honestly, this is like feeling dead. I'd rather be in fear. I'd rather feel anxious Mm -hmm. than feel this. So it's such a good reminder for me. But tell me a little bit about um, you talking about, you know, where did that come from? The idea of like, when you're stuck, you're dead. Yeah. So, well, we'll do anything we can to avoid death. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a conscious manipulation, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. Um, manipulation being used in a positive sense. Um, And so because one of the things about my coaching style, which doesn't resonate with everybody, but a certain type of person it does, like I don't BS people. I get straight to the heart of the matter and I use direct languaging. And the reason why is Freud discovered that when the more direct languaging you can use, the more emotional response is produced. And I wanted you – I don't want people to read this book and have an emotional response. I don't want people to read this and go – I want them to go, oh my god, right? right? And that's the goal. So I, I, And my publisher didn't want me to use that term. Like, oh, that's a little too intense for a Hay House book. And I said, I know. <laughs> mm, I loved it. I was like, yes. I know. I know. And I'm not changing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm. no. come, I'm an intense person. This is how I roll. You know, so – um, so there's a lot in the book where it's like it's very direct and I, I try to be as direct as possible for two reasons. One, to produce that emotional response and two, to be clear because I think that there's a lack of clarity in the personal development space about what things mean and I want people to be able to be very crystal clear and understand what I mean when I say certain things. Mm. Um, so it's very understandable and relatable. Mm. You know, I, I, don't, I, I feel like it's so powerful because honestly, that's how people are feeling. If you ask them, you know, boredom, procrastination, all of the, all of these things they're numbing out, they're so miserable. And if they don't get that wake up, I really feel like it's kind of like, oh, that's nice. That makes me feel nice momentarily. So exactly. sometimes it's like that, that powerful word, like, you know, you go to a Tony Robbins event and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like he's just totally. dropping F-bombs and he's doing all these different things. But all of a sudden I'm awake and I am listening. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, right. It, it's right. kind of that that feeling of like a hundred percent got it yeah I, I would probably say tony as far as mentors go is the, my number one mentor i went to one of his events maybe seven or eight years ago and was very crystal clear that like this is what i'm supposed to do with my life mm. um and terrified me mm-hmm. um but i liked it because i'm like i say inappropriate things all the time now i just have a <laughs> career out of it you know um so that seeing the whole tony, point? Well, totally right hundred percent. You know, it's like comedians can do it. And now personal growth people can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that, um, that's uh, one thing about it's great about Tony is he's super direct. And it's very helpful. Mm. You know, it's very so helpful. Fast. It's fast. It, yeah. It, it, why, it, it, you know, cause it's like, I want to manifest the greatest abundance of my purpose so that I can be the greatest expression of the divinity of all that is like, I don't know what that means. You know, mm. like let's get specific, let's be direct and people have a hard time being specific. So mm. that's the, that's the name of the game. The more specific you can be, the better. 
And you know what's so interesting is he kind of sets that, and and you do the same thing, if you set that standard really high and you show people what is possible and what's out there, it's kind of like we have to make the assumption, and I'll compare it to fitness in a second, but make the assumption that most people are only going to do like 50 to 60 percent of that so it's kind of I remember one of my fitness coaches when I first started competing gave me this meal plan and I followed this meal plan to a T so much so that it was like so intense I checked in and I was like I'm I'm feeling this way I'm feeling terrible and she's like oh my god I didn't actually think you'd do it all and I was like what do you think she goes no this plan is like at 150 percent so we expect that you're only going to do like 60 percent so let me redo your plan and I was like oh my god but that's kind of how it is it's kind of like you need to know what that peak looks like, but understand, you know, that yep. even just doing one thing can totally rock your world and change your life if you implement sure. one thing at a time. So 100%. I love that. And I also love how you talk about hard work and persistence is still required. So what does that look like for you, like balancing <laughs> that all out with your self-care, fun, time for your girl, your girlfriend and your personal totally. life? Totally. So, so um, people ask me all the time, like, what, like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, my job, my life. Like, this is like, this is fun. Like yeah. talking to you, like, this is what I do. This is mm-hmm. what I love to do. Like, I, I, if I went on a vacation, I would just talk to you on my vacation because <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. You know, so, so I, I feel really blessed that like my work is my fun. Like, I feel like I'm living in my hobby or like whatever that word would be. Like, so I don't have to take a vacation from it. Mm-hmm. What we really focus on is like downtime. Um, where it's more like we're not plugged in. Mm. Um, because I think that today with all the, you know, the accelerated exponential growth of technology, it's really easy to be plugged in. And, you know, Dave Asprey wrote Headstrong. And one of the big things about his book on Headstrong is this whole idea of blue light and how like all these screens are like keeping us so wired. They're having a hard time falling asleep, which is why he recommends those blue light blockers, which have been a game changer for me. So for me, it's more like active time versus downtime. It's kind of how I look at it mm. um, because I love what I do. So it's, but, but I have to pace myself. So I, what I do is we like, we do like strategic planning, like two years out where like, I know, I know like I'm releasing two books in 2019. I already know that. I know who the publishers are. I know when they're coming out. I know what they're about. I know what I'm doing before and after all that. So we just like plan moments of like intensity. Like right now, this is a like two week period of intensity mm-hmm. and then moments of relaxation and rest. So it's kind of like a heartbeat throughout the year where it's like one's a contraction, one's an expansion. And then, you know, when we're off, we're off. That's our, that's our goal. Uh, we haven't quite got there yet because we've been getting our systems in place. You know, and business systems are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, as we're planning out the next two years, there's intensity and then there's re- relaxation. That's, that, that's how we roll. That's how we do stuff. Mm. So you, you, you got to think ahead. Otherwise, you'll just be bumping into stuff like right in front of you and, and you'll, you know, you just want to take a break from it because it's so stressful mm. versus like starting to take that, you know, year. I, I don't think you can go beyond a year and a half or two years because mm-hmm. things are changing so fast this, these days. But if you can plan ahead and schedule it and get the team aligned on that, then, you know, you can make it happen. And, you know, one of my favorite persons in the world – uh, is James Wedmore, and he had like the stress-free launch where he was like on vacation doing his launch because it was so systematized, mm. and like I hated him for it. I was like, "How are you, like on the beach chilling on cart closed day? Like mm. nobody does that, you know?" Yeah. Um. So, but you know, he figured out the system and then inspired me. I was like, "Wow, I can do that too," you know. Mm, I love that, and I love those people for showing us. Yeah, <laughs> it totally. Have to be stressful. Totally. Okay. Amazing, and clearly because we both talk for a living, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, And you have so many amazing things to say. And honestly, I didn't even get to touch on half of what I wanted to touch on in this podcast, but I would love for you to share who is this book most impactful for? 
Sure. Um, so the Claim Your Power book is for anyone who thinks that they don't have a purpose or they thought they knew what it was that they lost it or maybe they found it but they're not really getting the results um, that they're looking for and you're willing and ready to do the work. You want to go deep. You want to actually do the work and follow through. You're done with these high-level coping mechanisms even though they're great and you want to really you know, do that work. If, if you give me your willingness, I'll give you everything. You know, with the book, one of the things I did was um, you know, focus on implementation. So there's actually a 40-day free course, which is highly valuable. Um, like I put my all into it. Um, so when you grab the book at claimyourpowerbook.com, um, just enter your information, and you'll get access to this free course where I'll literally coach you for 40 days during the process um, so that you can actually implement. Because I know you, earlier, Laura, you talked about how people don't do it. So that's true with personal growth too. It becomes shelf help. So yeah. I want this to be, <laughs> you know, implementation, not just just a book that you look at the cover and say, got it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, lo I, I love the way that it's written. There's so much stuff that I'm excited to go through just because no oh, matter awesome. how much work that you do, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can do it Hell again yeah, that's right. and you're in a different place and you're a different person than you were the week before. So it's really, really beautiful. And Masson, I just want to acknowledge you and your work oh. in the world because you are one of those people who's been such a consistent in my life, no matter what, you've always been there. You've always been putting things out and you you learn and you like to teach and you learn and you like to teach what is impacting your life. Um, so I've really watched you grow as a human being in your work and you're incredible. So I just want to thank you for everything that you are oh. doing. You are so dedicated and committed to people. Lori, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. Mm. I'm, I really mean that. Thank you a lot. Mm, absolutely. And I always close um, with one last question, but just to make sure before, where can we follow you, find you at besides sure. just where we can get your book? Awesome. So yeah, the book website is just claimyourpowerbook.com. Everything else is just mastinkip.com, M-A-S-T-I-N-K-I-P-P, -P, and then at mastinkip on all the stuff. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. And yeah. you guys, we will put that in the show notes that, so that you can go directly there. And okay, last question. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay. So you are in a very brief elevator ride with someone. It's only like 30 seconds. And they look over at you, they're a total stranger, and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Oh, um, give me a call. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Here's my book. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, would I would probably say um, find the thing that you're most afraid of and dedicate your life to doing it until you're not afraid of it anymore. So good. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.